Hello, I did this podcast back on the 2nd of March in 2022. This is with Aaron Stabell. We had a little bit of technical difficulties up front, but we got into it. So, hope you enjoy. So, I have this new job. Do you know I have this new job? Um, no, I haven't looked into what you're doing at all. I'm so sorry. I, I was like, I want to keep it fresh. <laughs> no, that's good. So, I was, a teach, I was teaching for 15 years, and then... Um, <clears throat> I got this new job over the summer for Hal Leonard, the music publishers, you know? Yeah. So I work for their education team, and my job is to, like, talk to schools and help them figure out what they need that we have. Oh, it's amazing. And so that's it's pretty cool. So that's what I've been doing since July. And so we were at um, TMEA in San Antonio just a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Pretty close to where you are. And... Uh, but I don't, you know, I, people would come up to me and I'd be like, oh, where do you teach? And they would be like, I teach in, you know, Tarleton. And I'd be like, I don't know. Where is that? Like every time I'd have to be like, I don't know where any of these things are. But yeah. I believe you that they're cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. So that's, yeah. So that's what I'm up to now. I work from home and uh, it's really good. It's really a refreshing change of pace. I'm sure, man. Have you been writing any books for Hell Leonard? Like, or are you just kind of like you're doing what you no, just said? No, so so that's actually it's it's weird. Like, it's very separate. Like the comp the part of the company that deals with publishing and stuff is not even like I know some of the people, but it's not really like who we work with directly. Okay, and it's actually kind of interesting with the books. So I had like a book. I wrote this little drum set solos book, and it's kind of like kind of like Rich's books, where yeah. it's like this solo is based on Joey Baron or whatever, right? And um, which was fine and it's good. And so I asked the people, I said like, well, maybe you would want to publish this because I work for you, and and they were like, no, no, you're <laughs> not fam- you're not famous enough for that. So like, <laughs> when they do books like that, they kind of reach out to people instead of the other way around. They don't right. even take submissions from people because they would just get like a million a day you know and of they would course. have to sort sort through them all so um like that guy carter mclean that plays for lion king on broadway he has a we have a new book out of his that's pretty cool but somebody in the drums department like asked him hey would you ever think about writing a book right and then he said sure so that's the only way that um that books like that at least for like drums and stuff get moved forward like there's a gad book and I'm sure he didn't write it, but you know somebody that knows about Gad was like, "Hey, you know, they they the company said to them, "Hey, maybe you would put this book together." And so they made the Gadiments book, which is of Steve Gad's rudiments. Wow. Stuff. Okay. Okay. But it's not a lot, you know. And then same thing for composers. Like if you write a band piece or something, um, we just have like a roster of people who we count on for that stuff, and they're you know they're always looking for new people. But they don't find them through people sending their stuff in. So actually, yeah, I got rejected from my own company, which was (laughs) sort of like it was fine. Actually, I mean, no, I just didn't have any expectations for it. I just, you know, I can self-publish it and that'll be fine. But of course, um, but it would have been cool, you know, but we'll see. Maybe someday. It's interesting learning how it all works, though. You know, I'm, I'm only six. Well, I guess more than six months now seven or eight months in, but I still don't really understand, you know, how the sausage gets made. I just yeah. try to do my job and that's, that's enough for me to worry about. That's cool. Have you come across Joe Picaro's drum set books in Hell Leonard? 
Uh, no, because because then again, like I don't really work with the drums department. Okay, as much. okay. <laughs> I, I mean, see. like I I did at, I went to Pasic, um, mostly because I was kind of like, hey, I'd really like to go to Pasic. Is it okay if I go? And my boss was like, yeah, I guess that's fine. But I don't really do like we do the education stuff. So for example, like um, we sell a lot of modern band methods. So like yeah. kids trying to play in rock bands in school, right? Um, that's like the closest to a drum set book that I deal with on a day to day because, you know, a Joe Picaro book is like pretty specialized. So yeah. a school's probably not going to buy, you know, a school might buy one copy of it or something like that, but not like a whole bunch for a class, for example. And that's mostly what we deal with. Um, and if schools are going to buy a book like that, they'll usually probably go through a, a vendor. So they'll get it from like JW Pepper or you know, Romeo music or whatever, you know, whoever distributes for us. Yeah. And that's how that usually works. So most of the time there's other folks that are dealing with those things. I'm just dealing with uh, educational, like bigger educational stuff. Does that make sense? Yeah. So like the biggest educational thing I know in a drum end is that Wiley book. And I don't know who, who publishes it, but yep, that's uh, we published that. Yeah. yeah that's the, the, the drum set method. It's good. Yeah. Hell under drum set method. Okay. So I didn't know you had a drum set method. I'm thinking about like the, the orchestral snare drumming, like, and then the mallet. Yeah. That all, I bet you that's also ours. I'm I, sure. I think that probably is. Our big, uh, the big thing that we deal with all the time is essential elements. Yeah, right? so yeah, like, that's the jam. That's that's our huge thing, and it's like something like seventy percent of the country uses it, or something like right, that. Right, right. Don't quote me on that number, but that's right. Um, in that neighborhood, though, for truth, and um, so yeah, but then there are then there's that other side of it too, like that that uh, Ken and Wiley snare drum book is not. You know, like you would buy that, I guess, maybe in place of essential elements or I'm not really sure how folks use that stuff. Right. But it is it is a thing. And I know people say that those books are all the drum set one. I know people talk about a lot as being really good. Um, And the snare drum one, too, I think is also excellent. Yeah, the snare drum one looks amazing. You know, not a ton of crossover, though. No, not at all. (laughs) Which is weird. I know. I'm like, I've, I've, I've compiled so much material for students over the last like 10 years that I've wrote, I've like, I usually just put together whatever, like, kind of, uh, whatever book I yeah. want, you know? <laughs> right, yeah, that's what I did, too, when I was teaching. I just made, like, an anthology of books that I liked. Right. I mean, it's super illegal to do that, you know, it's like, breaks every copyright law in the book, but that's, we, you know, you know, like, that's what most people do. I mean, make yeah. Make a little packet or something like that, so. But, I mean, it's it's under fair use law, so it's it's legal, you know, unless you're, like, as long as you're not selling it, right? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not really sure. I don't. I don't think so. But I'm not the expert there, so I don't know. That's cool. That's cool. I I think it's fine under fair use because it's like educational. Um, I was looking into that stuff because I I wrote like an online course with Luis Conte and like that. Oh, nice. Yeah, but but like the hardest thing has been like to get to sell it, you know. And so like that's not my wheelhouse at all. So <laughs> what did you what did you do it through? Like how did you do it? It's through uh, this website called Artistry of Music who. Uh, Tony Edwards made it. He's a timpanist for the Austin Symphony, and yeah, that name sounds familiar. Yeah, so it's kind of an online platform that he made, and it's nice. Like it's it's really nice. It's just uh, I realized in order to like sell something mainstream, it it takes you know dedication. Like obviously, yeah, like, yeah, it's hard. It's really hard. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, we have a we have a product that. Uh, 
I don't know. I mean, I guess some people could easily figure out what I'm about to say. I'm not. I don't want to say the person, but yeah. Um, we have a product like that with a very big name composer who made some kind of like online classes. And even with all of our power and everything that we have, you know, it's uh, it's still it's hard to get the word out for things. Sometimes, you know, you got to really. Even somebody who's like, you know, I mean, Luis Conte is another example. He's like really famous. And even yeah. still, it's like hard to get people to pay attention. There's just so many options for stuff these days. So easy to find things. Yeah. You know? I mean, that was like the one thing that was so good about having to be shut down for a while was that there was so much material of like live concerts and things you could watch from your couch. I loved all of that stuff, you know? Right. And I think that that's, you know, there's so much educational material and everybody like sat down and worked on their book during COVID and right. all stuff. <laughs> so now we've got all this stuff to f- sort through and there's just so much of it. It's hard. For real. I mean, it's kind of like the golden age of information, I guess, where, oh yeah I mean, you can just go on YouTube and learn anything. It's crazy. You know? Exactly. Oh, and I mean, I look back like this is kind of a weird story, but I was going through my like computer saved bookmark tabs the other day yeah. you know because i got i got this computer for work and i was like no i'm still using all these things that i saved from like you know 2004 and stuff like let me see if there's any of these things i still want to keep and i went through and it was like you know i had thought i really struck gold by finding this video of how to use a dslr camera or something right. you know in, in 2004 right and being like, oh, God, I found this great resource. Well, now there's like a million courses on YouTube <laughs> that you could look up, you know, and that's just one example. But it's it used to be so much harder to find any of that stuff, you know? For or real. Like, think about when we had to go to like the Sibley Library <laughs> and like try to burn CDs in secret and stuff. You yeah. Know? Like how, yeah. Cra- how crazy that was. <laughs> now you can just find everything anytime. I feel a little bit weird for having like two uh like file cabinets worth of like music it's like why didn't i just digitize it all because it's like well sure (laughs) but a lot of people love that but a lot of you know some people like just having the hard copy too i i prefer it i mean i can't go to the reading music on like a tablet thing for like big gigs Mm -hmm. i just can't do it yet yeah the only ones i i do that for are like uh when i play shows for musicals yeah i can i can do it on those because um for that, it's just like a thing over and over again every night. Hey, hold on. My son just popped in here. Oh, nice. What's what's up, Owen? I'm just talking to my friend Ian. Do you want to hang out here? <laughs> Ian. Ian, he is my friend, me and mom's friend from college. Can you say hi to him? He's just on the phone. Hey, Owen. Hi. Hey. Well, you can't hear him because I have my headphones oh, on. Oh, yeah. Here. He said hi to you. Hey, you good to, hey, good to meet you. Why'd you come downstairs? Is everything okay? I want you to come back up. I will. This won't take too much longer. Let me go hang for a little bit, and then I'll be back. Or you can bring your iPad down here, too. Okay. All right, do that. Will you please turn that off? No, I will not turn it off. No, because I told Ian I would talk to him for a little while. <laughs> all right, sorry about that. <laughs> oh no, not at all. <laughs> you can just take that out in post. Oh no, it's it's all good. It's it's that's the jam. Yeah, I know he's good. Owen's five. Wow. Okay. And he's uh, and whenever I'm down down in the music room, he loves to come down and hang, and he likes to play music sometimes. You know what he really likes is um, I've got one of those SPDS sampling pads. You know, oh, like yeah, a, yeah, yeah. 
and he loves playing on that thing, man. He's like super fun. That's he has awesome. A good time. That's so great. Anyway, I was I stumbled badly when I was trying to talk about the iPad, but like when I play this regional theater we have in town, and we'll do like um, we'll do six weeks of shows, you know, every night. Right. So then I can use then I use the iPad because it's easier to write stuff in. I don't have to erase the book at the end, and by the end I have it pretty much memorized, anyways. You know what I mean? Right. But I would, I do still feel weird about trying to do like a, you know, just a one-off gig or something with my iPad. I still feel like there, it's like a little bit lame to just like whip it out and, you know what I mean? Like, I'd be like here's my electronic device. I don't know. I still feel kind of weird about it. <laughs> it's all good because like honestly, all the guys or like eighty percent of the guys on my salsa gigs use the the iPad because it's just. I guess it's just easier, you know, like, yeah, you have huge charts to go off of as well. It's just like way easier. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think about like, um, I tried to do it for scores when I was conducting a band every day. Oh yeah. And, it, and but it was too, they were too small for me then. Oh and yeah. And I have yeah. the biggest, the biggest one you can get, you know, like <laughs> yeah. 13 inch or whatever. And I, it was still, I just couldn't make it happen. I would try to zoom in and Oh, it was a disaster. Right. So, so I don't know. When did you get out of the band directing thing? Was it band directing or? Yeah. Well, so I was in, it, it was uh, in July was when I took this new job with Hal. Okay. So um, yeah, I had done a couple different things. Like I had started out teaching jazz bands and lessons. And then I taught a little bit of general music class for a while um, and just kept getting shifted around where I was teaching in the district, you know, so keeping my job, but yeah, getting trans transferred into like different roles and it was good. It was all good experiences. Um, but the last couple years I was doing, um, teaching band like half the time and then, uh, being the department coordinator the other half of the time. So, okay, okay. um, kind of just, you know, helping everybody sort of like a manager, like just making sure people have what they need kind of thing. Right. Uh, yeah. And so, but after doing that for a while, I was like, well, it was really, you know, when COVID came around, um, and you know, you don't remember my wife, Sarah, of course. Yeah. So, you know, we were, uh, we were both kind of feeling tired. Uh, and when the pandemic hit, you know, we were like, man, do we really love what we're doing or are we just like doing it? Cause we think that's what we're supposed to do. Right. You know, and she really does love what she was doing. Like, she's still doing it, and she likes it and does a great job teaching chorus. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know, man. I, like, uh, you know, if I woke up tomorrow and I had never conducted a band again, would I be okay with it? And I, th- <laughs> I was like, yeah, I think I would be okay with it. I mean, I really loved it, you know. Yeah. The mem- memories that I made with the students and the experiences that we had, they were really great. Um, but I was also like, yes, but I also would be happy doing something else you know i always probably would have been happy doing something else like any kind of playing thing or whatever it was and um i also really got super into the uh equity thing and like trying to find balanced opportunities for students of all different kinds yeah and you know i was fighting some uh hard battles that i didn't feel like i was really necessarily making a lot of progress with and so this job came along kind of just at the right time. Cause I was like, well, you know, I'll be able to affect change on a bigger scale with this. Yeah. And you know, there were a lot of personal positives as well, but yeah. So that I did that for, you know, I, I was a teacher, like I said, 15 years total. Um, 
and this is, you know, this is my first school year of not being employed by a school district. It's pretty weird, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's great. You know, it's good. My kids are young, and so being able to be home and pick them up from school and, you know, drop off their sneakers if they forget them and all that kind of stuff. Right. It's really been been a huge, huge plus that I didn't even really think of at first. For but sure. it, that kind of stuff's been great for our family. Definitely. I've been I've been teaching lessons, but less so now. And then I've been doing this after school program in a couple of schools for like I guess ten years now. Jeez. And so that's a whole other vibe, like after school program for like Title One schools, you know, elementary school. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love it. Uh, it's it's been definitely that's harder great. this year. Uh, the kids are, I think, dealing with different things. For sure. <laughs> Well, I'm so glad though that you're that you're working with kids, man, because you're so well suited for that. You know, you've got a lot of patience, and you're you. I think probably every kid loves you. I I would imagine, and I think that's we need people like that. You know, we right. need more people for sure with that attitude. Yeah, man. I was playing with the symphony this whole week, actually doing educational concerts, and yesterday was the first concert, and. Uh, you know, with all the kids in there. And when I got to my after school program, it was like, was that you up on stage? And they were like freaking yeah. out. And I was like, this is what's oh, up. Yeah. This is what's up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I mean, I, I have memories still when I was a kid. Um, you know, my dad uh, is a bass player. Well, he doesn't play a lot anymore, but I, he was a bass player and he would play with, you know, once in a while with the Philharmonic and we'd go. Doc Severinsen was the Pops conductor in Buffalo. Oh, so. man. We would go to like the Christmas concert, you know, and I would just go home like so energized and think that was the most greatest thing ever. Yeah, you know those those memories last a super long time, especially when you're a kid. You know, For it's real. amazing what you remember. Yes, and uh, I just remember like the first concert I ever saw at my elementary school. It was like, yeah, it was. I don't know what it was even. It was, actually, I don't remember much about it. I just remember like. It was almost like a marching band. It's probably like a high school, like, you know, drum corps. Yeah, right, and, right. But it was just the coolest thing ever, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like hearing a it's, snare drum and a bass drum together, that was wild. Right. It's, <laughs> yeah. Any, I remember for sure, like, the first time I saw, like, any marching band stuff, I was like, oh, God, this is the greatest, you know? And it, it does. It just gets you, gets you so excited. And I feel like that's a great thing for kids to see you play with the orchestra, especially because they're seeing, like, an authentic representation of like you know what I, like making the connection like okay like ian or mr fry or whatever i don't know what they call you yeah you know is or sensei or something like that like they see you and they think you're so cool and then they see you in the orchestra and that immediately legitimizes the orchestra a right, bit more right, too right you know and i think that's fantastic you so, know like i would always do the same thing like Kids would be like, you know, making fun of jazz or whatever. And I'd be like, well, I have two degrees in jazz, you know, and they'd be like, wait a second. What do you, oh, okay, wait a minute. Now it might be okay. Right, right, right. You know, it's, it's, it's really, it's a powerful position to be in. You get a lot of uh, influence, which is great. For sure. Yeah. I always try to like play for them early on in the year so that they like immediately see like where the, what the skills are that it's like, oh, yeah. wow. And, uh, and then it, I remember in certain schools, mainly actually like when I'm teaching at a school where it's just lessons and it's it's not like a Title One school necessarily, and the kids are kind of like whatever, whatever. I, I remember playing for them a bunch and like them not caring at all, and I was like, oh, this oh. is a different vibe. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't even impress these kids with the skills. Like, uh oh. Yeah, dude, that's <laughs> funny. I was just talking to Rich about something similar to that because, um. 
he was talking about so like at Eastman, you know, Bill Dobbins is retiring. Oh, Probably wow. didn't know that. No. I think they just announced it. Okay. But they they've been bringing in people to, you know, be his replacement. Okay. And uh it's like been super top secret and I don't really know who they had, but you know, I was trying to get Rich to like tell me something about it. Yeah. And of course he he like did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and he and he said he said, you know, that one of the people like didn't play their instrument. Okay. And he's like, man, he's like, like, you know, that just wasn't part of like the demonstration that they gave or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, that's so important. He's like, you got to play, man. Like you have to play your, you know, like people need to see that you can throw down. Exactly. And I was like, yeah, I remember when I student taught and that was like the first day with, with, uh, with Bill Tiberio. And he was like, Sit down at the drums. He's like, show them who's boss. I was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And like, it's right. It's like when you go to prison, you have to beat up the toughest guy. You know, it's like the same exact thing. You have to do that on your instrument. For sure, for sure. So yeah, I've so lately I think I've been battling with like, okay, they know like my skills and they they like me, but then there's like days where they're just like checked out, and it's like, whoa, you know. So and so I was like, how do I connect with them? And then it was like, okay, I just need to take them outside for like an hour to say, run around, have fun, you know? Yep. And then we come back in and still it was having problems with them. And so uh, I brought in my friend because he's going to cover me next week and he's a killer guitar player. So we just played together and it, he, it was just like, they loved it and we all loved it. I was like, yeah. okay, got to go back to the music. Just play music as much as possible. And then... Well, I mean, yeah. you know, do you like... I think about like um, everybody needs that space, like... Even the most motivated person, you know, as an adult, like I still I can't just start working and work the entire time that I'm supposed to work. Like you have to take a break. Oh, yeah. And you have to like, you know, it gets to be like everybody goes to sleep and I'm like, all right, now I can really get some writing done or I could just play video games and like, you know, like <laughs> shoot people with magic and stuff like that would right. be way more fun. Yeah. So I'm going to just end up doing that most of the time instead. And yeah, I guess I don't get anything done, but yeah, I mean, we all need that. It's, it's hard. It's, and it's hard to like schools put so much pressure, man. on like having to get results and we have to do this concert or we have to do this homework thing. Like I see my own kids now, you know, like my daughter, it's like a lot of homework, man. Right, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> and like we for we forgot to do any homework over the vacation. You know, we just, <laughs> they had that last week off. Yeah, and I I opened up her folder and I was like, oh no, yeah, <laughs> right. They gave so much. <laughs> She's in second grade. You know, it's like oh, still no. it's so it's a lot of. I mean, it's not hard, but it takes time. You know, so it's nice. It's it's you, you know just letting them know that you're a human and that you know that they're a human and just playing outside that's great man like for sure the music the music will happen on other days yeah exactly exactly i it's not trying to force information down their throats is what's up like just letting it happen like getting to know them like yeah getting outside <laughs> normal stuff well just building that relationship like they know that you care about them more than just like if you care about the kid more than you care about your own lesson plan right right that's that's a huge deal totally and so i think so many you see so many situations where that's not the case like you know yeah the the kid like students whatever too bad but i've got to get through x y and z you know and it's like wait a minute um especially now like see these laws that they're passing where it's like um teachers have to hand in lesson plans like a year in advance oh no oh no i mean it's 
It's crazy. Yeah, like some Midwestern states, and I think I don't remember where Oklahoma might have been one. Oh but anyway, goodness. it's like, how could you do that? Like, you look at what's happening in the news today, for example, you know, and there's no possible way that you could just stick to a lesson plan today no, and, yeah. and be and be serving your students in any kind of reasonable way. And I think that that's what I don't know whether that's what people want or what. But like, I hope that when I send my kids to school, if they have a question about what they saw on the news or something, you know, the teacher can explain it to them in a way that makes sense. For sure. You know, I mean, think about like, were you in, you, I'm sure you were in, uh, well, we were at Eastman, right? For 9-11. But like, exactly. can you imagine, can you imagine being in high school or, or middle school or something and having the teacher be like, yeah, we got to just ignore this though and stick to the, these equations. Right. Like, what? No, no. No way. You got to go no way. And like <laughs> You got to, some stuff is more important. Yeah. On the other end, when I first started, I loved, well, I, I loved planning out my lessons and then just seeing what happened. And then that turned into my lesson plan, like on the fly kind of thing. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And then as I get into it, like now I just like making up my lessons on the spot. That's also great. But then I was just getting into this, you know, I was kind of getting caught up by the kids not like caring too much. So that's where it's like, okay, now I got to like, plan stuff out but also like be dynamic with doing what they need like yeah going outside yeah. like now do you like jump roping which is totally helps musical skills because you're working together sure. to, to do something cool um and so yeah uh i then it's like oh yeah just have to come back to basics like i just gotta teach you know what a whole note half note core note is and like all that stuff and just get sure i mean obviously but just i i went away from that sometimes where well I'll fly around like i'll go to I'll go between rote learning, like just copy this and then like play whatever you want, you know, and, and taking out yeah. any idea of bad or good, just be like, make some sounds. And then you talk about concepts like, uh, what, right. what would it sound like if it was this, or if it was a little bit quieter, you know what I mean? Or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what if you try it a little bit differently? Yeah, exactly. And so I, I really like that. And, um, and I like, obviously I like focusing on like Afro-Cuban stuff with these kids because sure. I never got that until like I really got into it with Luis, you know? Right. So yeah. So I feel good about like giving them things that they'll never probably get from anyone else. You know, <laughs> do you ever, um, do you ever get, do any of the tabla stuff with the kids? Does that ever come into the picture? I get, I'll talk about a tea high here and there, I think, but I, I should get back into that. I should get back into just everything that I love. Well, you know, I mean, you're so good with that stuff. Yeah, like, that's right in your wheelhouse, I would imagine. For sure. I, I let the tabla chops go away, but or a little bit, but they're always there. But I actually just brought sure. my storage, and I'm just like, I'm excited to get back into that. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, for sure. Do you know Do you know that I, um, when I went for my master's, I went back to Eastman, I studied Merdungam. Oh, my Did you ever goodness. play that? It's it's like, it feels this, well, it doesn't feel the same, but it's like the same technique, essentially, but it's just. I, I think it's, yeah, I don't, so I never did any tabla stuff, yeah. but um, yeah, I think it's like North Indian versus South yeah. Indian, it was my understanding. And the dude, um, this guy, Rohan Krishnamurthy, he's yeah. like, he was so good. He's like the guy, he, like he, I think, invented the tunable Merdungam that you could like you know, somehow tune it like with lugs, sort of wow. like a like a regular drum. Well, like regular drum, that's not how you would say it, but yeah. like you know, like a drum like a drum on a drum set. Right. Um but dude, that it was just a class and it kicked my butt so hard. Like I 
it was not good at all at like memorizing the different patterns. Oh and, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean the, the the strokes and stuff. I was okay, like it was decent, but um, I thought you know I was like, oh well, this is like a class about a drum. Like how hard could it be? <laughs> oh my god! And I was getting my dude. I was getting whooped. There was this girl that was a flute major. And she was just, like, schooling me. Like, every week she was just crying. And I was like, how am I not good at this compared to how this should not be? And it was uh, it was really hard. I mean, he was a good sport about it. But I was like, man, I should be doing a lot better than I am <laughs> right, here. Right, 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 But that's cool. But, it, but yeah, similar, similar strokes, I guess. And I think, like, I'm really feeling ignorant about how I explain this. But, like, one of the heads has, like, the patch, like, the yeah. round yeah. center on it kind of. That's true on Tablas, too. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, the gut, I believe it's called. Okay, yeah, maybe. Um, I probably one of the many many things I should have learned and didn't from that class. Gosh. Oh my gosh. Um it's a, the the saddest thing is that I had all these compositions in a book and I like I I can't find them right now and I'm just like it made me so oh, dude, sad. Dude, you should have should have digitized that book. I know. Man. Well, it, I have I <laughs> I know, I know. I have like an amazing starting book though from like my teacher uh um, it's like incredible. So I have enough stuff to like oh, work wow. on to get back into it. And actually, and actually, uh, his like, I don't know who'd call her, but yeah. So there's all these Garanas, right? There's like, I think seven Garanas, um, which what are the that different mean? schools, like, or the different areas in India of Northern Indian drumming. Oh, got it. Okay. Yeah. So okay. there's, there's different like types of schools. And the one that I was studying with was from Banaras or like Varanasi. And um, mm -hmm. it's like that's where they do the cutuck dancing, where they accompany the dancers, you know. Oh and yeah. That's the only garana that like that's okay to do. Like everyone else is like, oh no, that's too low. You know what I mean? That's that's low, low person's music to play with dancers. But like oh, this wow. garana is like, it's like so virtuosic that it's just like it's it's kind of funny that that happens because it's I think it's maybe it's different now, uh, but it's like yeah, they were the only ones that were doing that cutuck dancing and like. It's, like that was the thing that was like pretty popular on Facebook and stuff, right? Like, was it? In, was that? In am I thinking of the same thing? There was like one. There was like one. I don't even know if it was a song or a, whatever they would call it, but there was like a thing for a while that went kind of viral, where people were like transcribing it for snare drum or something, and they oh, like couldn't. Right. They couldn't do it. I don't ah, know. right. There's also there's also a really cool book. Um, kind of like just going off a weird tangent. But um, Liquid Drum, mm -hmm. you know, like Todd Meehan at Baylor, mm -hmm. they, he just published – it's not his book. Someone else wrote it. But it's uh, called Rudimental, and it's like uh, snare drum solos, but using all the concepts of, of Indian drumming. And I – Bought the book and like opened it, and then I was extremely confused right away. Okay, like I can I can tell this is really good, but I need more time than like you know I can't just be like watching Love Is Blind, and like leafing through it. I've got to like pay attention. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's a cool book. I you would probably dig it. I can uh, I can show you sometime off the air when we yeah. Uh, are done here i can show you what it is because it's kind of sweet that'd be cool you might like it that'd be great that would be a good like niche for you though man like i don't know that there are a lot of published materials about um about tabla stuff maybe that would be a cool thing to work on for you that would be cool that'd be cool i uh i've gone all in on the cuban stuff and 
I I have to remind myself sometimes like to keep up these other things that I have going on so that they don't go away, you know. Like, well, yeah, I mean, you're you're unique in that you've got all these different experiences. I think I feel like at at 38 years old, which is what I yeah. am. Um, like I feel so lucky to have done all these different things oh, yeah. that I've done. You know, like I've been subbing at Eastman a bunch for uh, oh, wow. the JPWs because I'm I'm here, wow. you know, and and I know like some things. Yeah. And it's so <laughs> I go in there every time and I'm like, you know, I've done probably I don't know four or five weeks worth or something now, and I'm always like very nervous at first, right. I remember how much of a can you swear on this podcast? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> I remember like how much of an asshole I was when I was in school to people, especially like people who I if I weren't sure that they belonged or not, right, you know? Right. And so I walk in there and I'm sure that they're like, Well, who is this guy? you know? I mean, like I play a little bit around town or whatever, but yeah. I'm always nervous and then I start doing the teaching and I realize like all these experiences that I've had all of them are interesting to the students, you yeah. know? So they'll be like, oh, well, I, you know, I really am listening to a lot of Tony Malaby or something. And I'm like, oh, nice. I did a record with Tony Malaby. Oh, my God. And they're like, they're like, what? Oh, my God. Yeah. You know, and like all these little, and then to me, that's like something I sometimes even forget about. Like right. it was a, a really cool weekend, but it wasn't like, you know, it, it, thankfully there have been other things along the way that I've done that have been cool too. So it's just kind of interesting when you think about all these experiences that you've racked up in these years, uh, you know, since college or even before that. For sure. Like you studied, you studied with Joe Picaro and you studied all this tabla stuff and you play in the symphony. And like, that's a, that's like a, a menu right there for people, man. Like that's worth, all those things are worth something. I think it's wild, man. Some of those things feel like a different life too. Like that's, what's crazy. Sure. It's so crazy. Yeah, well, I was just watching, like, I was watching one of the drummers from Eastman uh, had his recital yesterday, you know, and you can live stream it now, oh, wow. and and he was playing, uh, he was playing some Blakey tunes, and I was like, man, I was remembering <laughs> when you were playing some Blakey tunes yeah. on a recital, Oh yeah, you know, and I was like, man, that's so, so funny how some things don't change, but yeah, that feels like a million and a half years ago. For real, for real. Oh man, I remember how hardcore it was. Like, I feel like the teachers hated me until my senior year, like the end of my senior year. <laughs> <laughs> well, I couldn't even believe that they asked me to ever come back. You know, like yeah. I remember going going back for my masters, and so like in New York, if you don't get your mat, well, I don't even know if this is true anymore, but at the time, if you didn't get your masters within, I think it was five years of when you started teaching, then your certification would expire. Oh my gosh. And so I was like, well, I've got to get a master's. What's the easiest possible thing I can do? Oh, yeah, like drum set, you know, <laughs> like obviously. And so I applied at Eastman, and at first I didn't get in. And then I think that it was just like a game because they knew I had no other choices because I wasn't going to move. Right. You know, it had to be something that was in town right. here. And so then I finally got in, and I remember going back like the first day. And being in a JPW with Clay, and he was like, "Man, I'm just we're just so happy Aaron's back." And I was like, "What? <laughs> Do you remember? You don't remember? Like, <laughs> I don't think everybody really loved everything I was doing all the time either. But you know, I don't know. Maybe that was just the school. But it's uh, it's yeah, it's wild. Like, I can't believe now uh, that they're like, "Hey, come back and now share what you know with others." That's amazing. Like, you sure, 
<laughs> sure you want me to do that? I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it's funny how it works. I mean, but not, like you're right. You know, some of the time I remember you feeling like some tension sometimes. But yeah. now you look back on it and you're like, man, look at all the things you did. You know, yeah, like, look at all the real. stuff with. You know, studying with Mr. Back and with Rich, and like you worked hard, you did a lot of cool stuff. For real, you know, it's notable. For real, it felt good. I think I I heard I was the last year that they let anyone do a double major. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. That could be true. Or it's like jazz and classical double major, because right, right, yeah, they have like music ed folks yeah, for sure. It but... took so much work, and I just remember like. Yeah, by the end, it was nice to have Rich tell me that Bill Dobbins liked my jazz recital, and he was, like, freaking out by the time I did Jimi Hendrix. I was like, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's huge. Seriously, man. Dude, I remember I remember one recital uh, during my master's. It wasn't mine, um, but a friend of mine, and uh, actually, who played on that, uh, that Tony Malibu record. Yeah. And we... Like this, this guy, this friend, they knew like he wasn't going to play like straight ahead tunes on this recital right, pretty much, right. you know, but he, he, he put the program outside the door and then like kind of was standing there as people would walk in and, you know, greeting everybody or whatever for his recital. And I remember so vividly that Bill walked up, picked up the program <laughs> looked it over and then just set it back down and walked away oh my goodness (laughs) like in front of the dude is about to play his recital and we just like what else are you gonna do we just laughed you know right it was funny right but uh oh my god i don't know it seems i think i think dobbins has chilled out a bunch he's a lot a lot more chill now it seems like so that's good that's cool i i remember being rough with him because i remember like just being so intimidated during like jazz arranging class Oh, dude! Remember, he would play the he would play people's tune oh, right no, in front yeah. of everybody, and then just like as soon as it was bad, just turn it over and be like, "Nope." Right, right. I remember, like, <laughs> I I knew a little bit of theory, like I knew what basic shit was, and uh, oh my god, he I got so intimidated once. He was like asking people what a sus chord was, and like uh-huh. I was like, uh, or it's like what number you know is like suspended in a sus chord. And I was like, uh, the the six or whatever, you know. Or the two, the right. two maybe I said or something, and like he was, you know, he yeah. railed into me and like, uh, um, what's his name? Oh my gosh! I always, oh yeah, I always think back to the to the tune. I, I like I don't know. It's weird how vividly I remember this too. But we were supposed to write songs like Wayne Shorter, right? right? And you wrote one, <laughs> and and it was like rock or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> And I remember he put it up on the piano and he goes, hmm, rock, quarter note equals 100. Well, I don't remember studying any Wayne Shorter tunes that were rock oh and then gosh. just like not even not even playing. Do you remember that? I, now though? I do. Now and like, I remember it. <laughs> <laughs> sorry if that like no. erased years of therapy or something, but... But I do. I remember, like, oh man, we all we all would just eat it in that yeah, class every yeah. single time. Every time, I'm sure mine were just as bad. I remember writing like two. I would do like two versions of the homework, and one was like I was I was trying to get it right, and then I would hand in a second one and be like, "What if I did hand this in? Would this also be right?" And he like <laughs> he just like wouldn't wouldn't even bother. You know, he's like, "No, don't don't even try oh, that." Oh my gosh! No, no. Oh my oh, god! I still, I still couldn't write a big band chart that was like correct if you asked me to right now. For so real? I guess I failed there. For real? Oh my gosh! But, oh well. I'm doing like salsa charts, and I'm loving that. It's like, 
It's cool. Oh, it's nice. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm having fun. So, with that. All right, so this 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 group that you have is a not for profit, but also it's a band. Yeah, so it's a band, and then we do like a youth ensemble, and then there's like enrichment programs. So it's like after school stuff, workshops, all that, and then yeah. the fourth arm is kind of this idea of on demand content. So like educational videos, starting these podcasts, like have a bunch of tracks i need to release so it's it's cool yeah yeah it's it's obviously been on on the selfish level to be able to like be an artist and have a place for it but then on the community level to like you know teach kids and get them inspired and uh, teach actually all ages so i'm really psyched about it you know what i mean is is the music that you're playing um music that a lot of the students um have in common culturally like is it music of where they're from or is it just something new that they're learning it's it's uh it's definitely it's a little bit of both but like like the majority yeah pretty much all of the kids that we teach are like latino or african-american so we're focusing on afro-cuban stuff and obviously actually afro-caribbean stuff like anything from the americas really and so got it yeah so it's it's cool stuff and some of them haven't heard anything like it, you know, and then right, yeah, and then obviously some of them have heard some of it. We've done mariachi components too, and that's awesome. Because well, that's what I was gonna say. That's what I was thinking because I had a conversation, um, you know, like I don't know really very much at all about like the cultural makeup of Texas right. or, or or the Caribbean or Mexico or anything. I, I really have a lot to learn in terms of music sure. there. But I had a good conversation with somebody who taught was talking about like, you know, sometimes teachers um, where he was living would just like focus on mariachi music. If they had any kind of Latino students yeah. in their class, they would just say like, oh, well, this is your culture. And then the kids were like maybe from a different country. He's, they're like, no, this is like music from Mexico, right. but I'm not from Mexico you know, and like I, you know, on one hand, I can feel bad. Like the teachers, like you can see they're trying, right? But on right. the other hand, they're like not really getting it right. You know, right. it's kind of offensive in some ways too. It was a really enlightening conversation for me because I would have never known. You know, I don't know. Like it made me think to like today's Mardi Gras, right? And I was like, oh, oh I should play along. I should like make this Mardi Gras video. And then I was like, no, maybe I shouldn't. Like, there are people who are a lot better suited to do that than me. You know, like, I don't know. It's just interesting to think about that stuff now. It's it's kind of cool. Well, I'm glad you're so immersed in it, man. It sounds like you're doing cool stuff. I'm loving it. I, I never thought I would be this immersed in, yeah, Cuban music and, like, have this many contacts that I'm constantly talking with. Like, and all the research I have from the last, like, four years in Cuba and stuff, it's just, like... Yeah, just want. Did you go? You've gone to Cuba a bunch of yeah, times. Yeah, like in 2017, I went uh, for two weeks and like was just blown away. And then the next year went yeah. for a month, and the next year went for a month, and then that's oh my God. that same year went back for like a couple weeks in order to like bring like medical equipment like for a surgery because it oh wow yeah like yeah it was incredible. And then the pandemic hit, and it was like it's been two years, so. It feels rough right. because it does feel like so. Well, yeah, it feels like a second home. Well, basically. so so like, what was? How did you get? Like, how did you get started on it? Like, what was your kind of in? Yeah, Luis Conte all the way. Like he, he was my. I when I was in Eastman, I went back and studied with him, and I'd gone to high school with his son. So, uh, 
you know ah okay and he played like on a concert with Ndugu Chancellor in our high school like and so oh, oh it was it's pretty good. it was wild yeah yeah, yeah. I got to pl- I was like a <laughs> senior too so I was rocking on the drum set in that stuff and oh sick yeah so it was the sickest concert anyways like I went back took a a lesson like one time on like spring break when I was at Eastman and I was like oh this is right. this is actually how you play you know <laughs> Yeah, Cuban right, music. right. You, you have all these drum set books, and you learn all the patterns, but you have no idea where they're really from. Like, yeah, like, dude, we had that one book, that green and black and yellow book, and it was, it's good stuff. But like, you never know if you don't ever hear the original stuff, you have no idea what you're playing. You know, <laughs> completely. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So uh, basically, in like 2013 or 2014, I was like, okay, I really want to learn this stuff for real, and I went back and took like a lesson with Luis where I just asked him every question about every style that I knew, and I have that recorded, and that's like the best, like, that would be like the best lesson for anyone wanting to get into it, you know? And then... Uh, I would love to check it yeah, out. Yeah, and uh, so since then, we wrote a book together online, and that's like still, I think, the best resource for anyone wanting to learn every Latin percussion instrument oh. and like every Latin style that's you would do in a band, like... That there's obviously right. more like folkloric stuff as a whole deep well and like oh my gosh um bata drumming like the the religious drumming that that is insane. Oh, wow. yeah um so then it was it was like my dream to go play in a conga and the conga is like not the drum like the actual group in the eastern yeah, side yeah. Of the island and so my dream was okay. to go see them so i saw them and it was like Oh my goodness. So I started taking lessons in Cuba. And then the next year I went down and secured a spot in one of the congas and like actually played in carnival. Like, and that was like, you know, that was a dream come true. Um, and then by the second year I played with a different conga that Luis had played in. And so that was like a, another dream come true. And I was playing like the big drum on that one, which is like the one that improvises. So like it was hard. Yeah. (laughs) Dude, that's so awesome. Yeah, I, I mean, like, there again, you know, I studied, like, I've gone through some books and, like, you know, but I I don't know any of that stuff. Uh, it's funny. Sarah just walked in. Oh, cool. And I was thinking about how a lot of times, you know, like, I'll play for her choirs and stuff like that just to accompany, you know, and she'll be like, every time I have really great, like, well, what's this groove called, you know? And I'm like, I, like, kind of know, but I guess I don't really, I guess I don't really know as you know, right. as much as I should probably ought to. Right. I was or who, I was just talking to somebody about that. Oh, a friend of mine, you know, sent me a message and was like, "Hey, what's this groove called on this Ben Folds record or right. something?" You know, and I was like, "I don't think that's really anything. Right. It's just like something right. someone made up." Like, yeah, having like a definitive source on that stuff is it's another thing I need to get into my library. So I'll have to get your book. That sounds good. And then. um this is making me more inspired because the reason why I started all rhythms was just as an online resource for like, I wanted to have every single rhythm up there, like from every style and I have it all there. It's just like, it's not online now. So I got to put that back up there and oh yeah. yeah. And like, you would love it. Everyone would love it. I got to get back to this. So, and then like some videos of you playing oh, yeah. it or whatever, yeah. you know, like that stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's, that well, that's a huge resource. If that's the thing that's available. I mean, you know, I I uh, I haven't checked out this platform that you're talking about, but I've seen some other ones that exist. The uh, there's one called Teachable, okay. and uh, have you ever seen that before? I've heard of it. You can just kind of make you can just kind of make a class about whatever you want oh, cool. and put it up there, or like uh, Skillshare is another one. I think is the same kind of idea. That's beautiful. And there, 
you know, they're not sponsors of this podcast or anything <laughs> no. like that, but but they could be. Um, but yeah, like it's just you know, people are making courses about everything under the sun now. So yeah, get that stuff out there, that's man, because cool. that's stuff people could really use, you know, or like. You know, I'll judge, like, the drum set solo festival every once nice. in a while around here, you know. And, like, you know, the, the like, first of all, the kids can't even a lot of times play, like, a swing feel right. that feels good. Right. But then they get to the part where they have to play the, the Latin rhythms that they have in the book right. here. And it's just like, good Lord, you know. So, like, <laughs> that couldn't be on any, that couldn't be any kind of music at all, you know. It's just, like, some very uncomfortable thing and there's no there's no pocket right. and there's no you know and it's like you said you know like we used to go to study jazz at college or you know orchestra music or whatever and you listen to it so much right to try to get that exact thing happening and then like when it comes to the time for music from other cultures we're just like okay well here's a couple pages of the rhythms and just do those and you'll be fine right right so that that's a good that's a resource that needs to be out there. Man. So this is my question, like, and this is what I'm trying to figure out. Like, originally it was just I'm gonna put this all out like up online for free, kind of like a Wikipedia, so everyone can see it. And then and then right. I made a course, and that was kind of like hard to sell, still is, but still it's like I think it's worth to put time in on that. And then now I'm going back to the yeah. idea of like I feel like maybe I should have that original resource up. That's like every single style like it's transcribed and you can listen to it so like you get context as well as a written out thing and something that's to practice yeah. to so i feel like that should be free almost but if i want to go deeper like i can maybe put stuff in, together to monetize i think that's the whole game is like yeah maybe yeah maybe you have like the you have like the initial resource for free and then but if you want to buy a book of these or if you want to you know access the videos i mean you know, even some of our stuff um, with Hal has, you know, you, you can buy in at this level and it's, or, you know, this product is free, but mm. if you want to get this, then, then you pay a couple dollars extra. And if you want to get this, you pay a couple dollars extra, you know, and um, we don't have, not all of our stuff does that. Some of our things are just straight up, you know, here's what this costs, okay. and, you know, kind of the tr traditional model, but um, that kind of like pick and choose really works for some people because maybe you don't. I mean, look at how TV channels work now, yeah. right? Like, if you don't want all the channels, then you just don't buy those channels right, anymore. Right. It's not like the like cable when I was a kid. You know, you just had like 500 channels, but you probably only watched 10 of them. So now just pay for those 10, and then you can you know save a little money for sure, for sure. So that's a good that's a good option to just have you know have it out there for people. I, I, I don't know. It's so interesting to see all the different ways. Yeah. People are sharing content like that. You know, I, I think about stuff I used to use all the time. There was this like seating chart generator that I used to use for, uh, for, you know, for the band yeah. and like where kids should sit. And it was just a super cheap little free, well, it was free, but you know, it couldn't have taken all that long for the person to design the website or whatever. Right. But man, like the value, I would have paid $5 or $10 for access to that. I used it all the time, wow, okay. you know? So, you know, I mean, you never know. And, and, I have no idea. I mean, like I've, I see some things that are really amazing that nobody's paying attention to. And then I think there are a lot of things that are, you know, total garbage that everybody's interested in. So <laughs> yeah, <for sure. laughs> it's, it's really, there's probably no rhyme or reason to it, but I don't know. I like what you're saying though, man. I think that having that stuff up there is a huge, huge service to everybody in music. That's great. Yeah, I think so too. And just like, yeah, having the, 
I, I just feel like that's the calling for me is like the almost like this information uh not maybe gateway person or whatever but just like trying to get that community that that information out because when i see some of my older teachers pass away it's like whoa like now it's now i got that info i gotta pass that on like right that inf- yeah oh it's yeah so intense like what happens that information over just like a couple decades where it's like yeah so it's special it's a special mm-hmm. thing to like <laughs> yeah man well, especially with all the cool experiences you've had with it that sounds for awesome. real for real and, and honestly it all comes down to just producing and like not i don't know about i mean you gotta think about stuff a lot obviously but like i just need to be producing and then like putting it out like i have so much stuff i'm sitting on it's like okay i gotta figure out a way to just get this out so that that can like unclog the pipes and keep it going you know keep it going right. forward yeah, it is hard. I mean, you know, all the notebooks I have of like great ideas. Yeah. <laughs> they're just sitting in notebooks right now. That's the challenge, you know, finding a way to get it out there. Totally. And and that's why well, you'll you'll do it, man. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's already happening. Honestly, just just being able to like put out some podcast stuff is is actually freed me up cuz I was like overthinking everything I was making and it's like podcast is a good medium to just like get out there cuz I know, I mean, it's interesting stuff like when I'm talking to people. It's like and if no one listens, it's cool. But like it, you know, right. <laughs> it, it's it's really for me, you know, for other than anything. Yeah. Well, I started doing TikTok, and it's like the same yeah, thing. Yeah, that's great. You know, I, I have this buddy who um, he's a marketing guy, and he was like, "Man, if you make TikToks, people will love what I'm you sure. do." He's like, "You're great. You're a great drummer." You know, just go on there and play some drum solos, and people will love it for sure. And uh, and I was like, I don't know. And then you know what? What convinced me? He was like, Well, if you get enough followers, then they'll start sending you like free symbols and stuff. And I was like, All right, I'm doing right, it, right? Because um, I I just want free stuff, you right? Know? <laughs> so I I started working on it. So he said, Do I'll challenge you to do one a month, okay? And maybe that you know, TikTok actually, dude, TikTok would be perfect for your rhythms. It does because seem like it. Yeah, <laughs> it's short, a 15, 15 second video of you explaining the rhythm, and you could put a little overlay up of the notation. That would be. Oh huge. my god, that would be easy. So, yeah, that'd be great. It's easy to do too. So I started doing them one a month or one a day. Sorry, for a month, and I got a thousand followers oh, wow. at the end of a month. Which I guess is pretty good. Like I didn't, I don't know what to expect, but people said, you know, not everybody has TikTok, and it's mostly younger people, I guess. But um, so I've been making some videos on there, and it's actually super fun. You know, it's like it, it, you can learn a lot on there. There's a lot of content that's like you know total smut and yeah, everything that's yeah. bad or whatever. But there's also a lot of really good, you know, like I've gotten a ton of good recipes on TikTok oh, yeah. and. Uh, like tips about how to clean different places in your house that I never really like thought about doing and just little niche content. You know, there's like, there seems like there's something for everybody on there. And my wife's gotten really into like um, reselling stuff on eBay, you know, like finding like bargains at, at the Goodwill or whatever. And then it turns out, Oh, this is actually worth like 80 bucks or something. And, she learned all that stuff on TikTok too. Oh so, my, you know, it's okay. like, and I, I, I've never seen any of those videos cause TikTok figures out what you yeah. like and then just like feeds, feeds you more yeah. of it. But, um, I get a ton of great stuff about, you know, just cool people trying to make cool music stuff. Uh, some good conducting ones, that's you know, cool. like that, just things I like, you know, it's perfect. So that's what you should do for a month. Just do one video a day, or you could do a bunch of them in one day and just post one a day. 
on TikTok, and then that can be like where people scroll through. I like that. I like that. It, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Oh my gosh. Yeah, because just doing stuff is what's up. Yeah, just making stuff. And you don't need anything fancy. You know, if you've got a phone or whatever that can take video, you got it. Exactly. You got your, you got your thing. So, and then that's, uh, that's the move. That's what you're going to do. That's it. Now I'm just going to see, I'm, I'm, I'm focusing on getting the studio looking and sounding really good. And like, so that all this stuff can just be like, boom, 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 doing it right now. But there's something to be said for just doing it. Like, just get into it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like there are people, there are people on there whose videos look better than mine, you know. But uh, there's also a lot of them where their videos look worse, you know. So I just like I put up a little tapestry behind me and got some of those LED lights that everybody yeah. likes, and you know, like that's it, and that's my that's my thing, you know. That's awesome. And like you said, if nobody watches it, like I don't care, right. you know. If the only person that looks at it is my dad, you know, and he's proud of me, that's good enough. Exactly. You know, but. Also, I don't know, you know, like I made this video the other day of just like playing some good old like jazz, you know, playing along to Diana Krall or yeah. something. It's like got almost a thousand views. So that's fine. You know, that's good. Whatever. Yeah, I think I think almost anything you do is always always about almost like just finding that happiness. Like, it, really, that's what it's about. It seems. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you got, you know, with the TikTok stuff, I think you got to be persistent with it because it doesn't happen immediately. Right. But you're right. If you're just doing it, and you know, if you're somebody who's putting a ton of pressure on yourself to, you know, like if it was my job, like if my family depended on me making good TikToks, I would not be successful. <laughs> but, you know, it's just like I can do that in 10 minutes or, you know, take a little quick break from what I'm doing and make a video. And, you know, the consequences are, are low, but I had a good time, you For know, sure. and I learned some cool stuff, too. I've learned a little bit about how to edit video and how to, you know, I'm trying to figure out how to make audio sound better now. Finally, oh, yeah. like I yeah. never, knew, you know, I never knew anything about mics or whatever. Finally, I'm starting to learn about that. And, you know, so someday I'll be a functioning adult. <laughs> and, you know, then, then, then anything could happen. I mean, right. Really. Exactly. Exactly. We'll see. Oh my gosh, dude. It's so good to talk to you. It's been so long. Man. Yeah. We got to do a part. We got to do a part two. Of course. We got to do another no, one. I'm all about regularity. I love that. That's definitely yeah. This has been this has been a blast. It's so helpful for we me. We tried to do one. Ivan Trevino and I tried to do a podcast for a while, yeah, like a regular one. And it, it most yeah, it mostly failed. But um, we did do one uh, where we interviewed JB over COVID. Really? Uh, on Zoom? Yeah, it's out. It's like out. You can get it on like podcasts and stuff. Oh, beautiful. Um, and it's it's great. Like it's a really good hour. He just talk. We just try to get him to like tell stories about people, and it was really fun. Super super cool. That's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> I I Aaron, the the Aaron and Ivan podcast. Oh, beautiful. That's that's beautiful. Um, yeah. I talked with him a while, and like I was like I I was working on Luis Conte's story like of his life and stuff, and I was like I want to do that with JB, you know. And so I started into it, yeah. and I realized there's like a lot of resources already out there, but like I kind of put together a spreadsheet of like the flow of his life to see it. And I was like, Oh my God, this guy. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. We'll call him up. You know who talks to him a lot still is Bobby. Marino. Oh, I'm sure. Okay. Um, he's like pretty in touch with him because of the military band connection. Oh, yeah. 
And I talked to Bobby. I saw Bobby in November or December. No, at Midwest in okay. Chicago. Um, the band, his band was playing the Army Field yeah. Band, and um, so that you should totally do it, man. You should just call up JB and like just talk to him for a bunch of Thursday afternoons or something. It, it would be. That's another thing. Like people would check that oh, out. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, that's my goal. I was like, after after it was like, after Joe Picaro passed, I was like. Why didn't I just do more? I mean, I did a lot with him, but I, I haven't like released anything because it was never like I'm gonna release this. It was for me, you know. And then it's like, right, man, right. I really should just. I, I like the podcast like vibe because then you just you kind of just it's like a performance. You decide you're gonna do it. You're not gonna even you don't even have to edit anything. So then therefore you're just you're on. You're live and direct. You're doing it, and yeah. it's just a thing. And like when you talk to interesting people, it's interesting, you know. So right, exactly. So, yeah, let's definitely let's definitely do this again. Like I, uh, yeah, for sure. I love it. Anytime, I'm I'm totally down. It's fun. I just I like I. This is the uh, third podcast I've been on like since Christmas. Wow. And I love do I love doing it. It's like so fun. There's a guy. I was on a cool one um, called the Rudimental Podcast. This guy, he's out your way. I think he's in okay. Houston. Uh, his name is. Um, I just want to make sure I say his last name right here. Uh, Josh. I'm not getting this right. Uh, Josh Hartwell. That's it. Josh Hartwell. looked it up. The Rudimental Podcast. He's an awesome dude. He's out in, uh, he's teaching in Houston at a high school. And he's, you know, same thing. He just like presses go and start talking. And we did it. We had a fun we had a fun time on his podcast Beautiful. talking about cool stuff. You're the second one up here. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. There you go. And the first one, the Greg Dozier, you should listen to that one too. He's the Eastman guy. Oh, cool. And he's building uh, Paduke marimbas for like super cheap for practice oh, marimbas. Oh, love it. I love it. That's what we've been needing, man, yeah. forever. Also, and more music yeah, for like three that, octave so. marimbas. <laughs> right. I can't stand the <laughs> Right. Yeah. Octave. Like ones that are. Things that are broken and like don't have all the yeah. keys. Absolutely. I have a three and a half octave marimba because I could never like really want or like even, you know. Yeah. yeah. You can't play anything on that. Yeah. yeah but like I love it because then I just like I just make it happen and it makes you like take everything above that low F like and just put it up higher. <laughs> and you're like, just it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're a creative dude. I'm sure it works it out. It works out. My God. All right, well, I should get some get some dinner Absolutely, going man. here for the fam. Dude, I love you so but, uh, much, Let's dude. do another. Seriously. I love you too, man. I'm so glad we're doing real. this. Let's do another one Sounds soon, good, all right? Man. You know it. Cool, All right, brother. man. I'll send this Sounds over. Sounds good. Say hi to the family, please, and I'll talk to you soon, brother. All right. All right, talk all to right, you man. soon, man. Bye. Bye-bye.